Occasionally, the OVC to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson. He is Dylan Schwartz, and so far, 2019 looks an awful lot like 2018. As of this podcast, we're about halfway through day three, so we'll keep you posted on any further developments. Dylan, how are you in this new year? I'm doing good so far. Uh, you know, only about three days in, as you said. So hopefully, it can go up from here. Wow, some bad happened prior to this. Is only place it goes up. Well, the the main the mainstream people say 2018 was a very bad year. So, considering 2019 has just started, hopefully it can you know be a bit better than 2018, or what the majority of people on various sites like Twitter have said. I had a good 2018. I had a good Christmas. I uh, got books and whiskey because I was an especially good boy. Uh, spent time with family. Uh, did you do anything fun or exciting? Pretty much that, um, excluding getting the whiskey. Instead, I got beer. So, I mean, it's Each it's, it's kind of similar. Each their own. Did we have any resolutions, though? Do you have any resolutions? I resolve to constantly tell everybody what I think at all times, regardless of how it makes them feel. So, I mean, I, I guess that was your 2018 resolution. Yeah, it's stay in okay, the course. It's basically yeah. stay in the course. You? Any resolutions? Um... Not really, to be honest. Maybe work out a little bit more. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like that's been a real problem. <laughs> Mr. Hey, I got to leave early from work today. I need to get in a run before we have a uh, game tonight. Yeah, so yeah, working out's I been mean, a real tough thing. The daylight savings time, you know, messes with you when you get home and it's dark and you, you can't really run. You can't run in the dark? I don't want to get hit by a car or something. You can't run on a treadmill in the dark? I mean, we don't have a treadmill at home. The foil, never mind, whatever. Anyway, uh, since we last talked to you, we did release a pod special with Austin Director of Athletics, Gerald Harrison. Check that out if you haven't already. And as we go back over the last couple of weeks, uh, Dylan's probably going to be pretty silent for the most part because this was all men's basketball. Since December 18th, only men's basketball has competed for the Governors, but what they did was fairly impressive. First, we're now talking about the winners of the 2018 St. Pete shootout after the Govs dispatched Campbell and Liberty. The Govs got revenge for an earlier loss against the Camels, taking down Campbell in an 88-75 win on December 21st. Chris Clemens, who scored 34 in the previous meeting against the Govs, missed his first four shots and was just 5 of 14 in the first half. He still managed to score 30, but you know he had to put up a lot more shots than I think he was planning on to do that against the Governors. Zach Lotta scored 22 points. Chris Porter-Button picked up a double-double with 19 points and 12 boards to pick up the slack after Terry Taylor fouled out. But Terry bounced back in a big way with 32 points the following day against Liberty. And that was Austin P's sixth straight, wi- sixth straight win. The alliteration there kind of got me. Um, their first six-game streak since the end of the 2016 season, and we all remember how that one turned out, ending with an OVC tournament title. Taylor's performance earned him tournament MVP honors, and the Govs got a win against a team that polished off one of the Blue, bu- blue Bloods. Another alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, this is my fault. The script is clearly I, I, no more alliterations. Making myself a note. Go ahead. All right. Um, anyway, one of the Blue Bloods, UCLA, just five days prior, and that ended 
the Steve Alford area in Southern California. So that basically means the Gov now have a transit of waiting against UCLA. And um, as Austin P play by play voice Scott Chase texted Colby the other night, once Austin P polishes off Belmont, they'll have two. And maybe this isn't the UCLA of old, but um, you know, it's knocking off one of college basketball's big dogs, even one as wounded as Alford UCLA was. And that's still a big moment, and the Govs get to savor that vicariously, albeit through Liberty. Um, but let's just move on because this segment is probably bubbing Tyler Davis out right now. Yeah, probably a little bit. Do want to take a second to talk about Liberty Superfan JJ McCracken. So I go into the facility down at Eckerd College on December 21st, and Liberty's playing Alabama State at that time. And we're, you know, 40 minutes or so from starting warm up. So I'm just looking for a place to sit, and there's. Uh, bank of the stands that has one guy in it who's just standing there minding his own business. So I thought. He was on his phone, didn't think much of it at the time. Well, I sit down, and this guy starts almost immediately hooting and hollering as soon as the game goes back in, uh, yelling gibberish, dancing to every song that comes on over the PA system, uh, and generally behaving like somebody who... Frankly, it was a little out there. Uh, so in between asking Tyler, who is a Liberty grad, some questions and doing some digging on my own, I found out this dude has something of a cult following at Liberty, never misses a game, uh, is planning to or has become a pilot. Might have flown himself to St. Pete for all I know. Uh, but he's a <laughs> he's a real character, and it was fun to watch this guy basically be – a one-man cheering. This was this tournament was held at a tiny college uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, where none of the teams were close. Uh, there was no real fan following to speak of. I mean, we had a few people. Everybody had a few people, and this guy was a one-man uh, gibberish shouter. And <laughs> I kind of didn't want to face him at all the next day because he was annoying. He was super <laughs> annoying to sit next to. Uh, but anyway, that kind of leads me to a point I want to make to our fans, which is we need a dude like this. We need somebody. I don't care who you are. We just need someone to take on this level of delirious fandom, become an Austin P. legend, crazy undiscovered super fan. Uh, we need you. We, we need to inject that kind of weirdness and excitement into the Dunn Center. I mean, if you have uh, – if you pay him the travel costs, I'm sure Ed can maybe suit that. I, he, he might could do that, actually, but I don't know. It costs a lot to feed Ed. <laughs> the streak, uh, getting back to basketball, the six-game winning streak finally came to an end against Arkansas in a 76-65 defeat at Bud Walton Arena last Friday. Uh, considering the Govs had lost by 32 to the Hogs in Fayetteville just two years ago, it's kind of hard to consider that anything except progress. And I give Arkansas fans a lot of credit. When Arkansas mounted a late rally after the Govs went up four in the second half, the building responded and helped carry the Razorbacks during a game-changing 11-0 run. Uh, that, that was definitely the best road crowd we've gone up against this year, uh, including nationally ranked Mississippi State. But that will do it for our rehashing of the pre Christmas pre-New Year slate, we will take a quick pause, come back, and talk to Chad Woodham of the Austin P men's tennis team right after this.
Just forget the wins. It's the best to use. Okay, tennis. I don't know anything about tennis except for you hit the ball back over a net, and if it's between the lines and the other dude can't hit it back, you get a point. And so it's here that I hope that Chad Woodham, today's guest, will help me fill in some of the frankly ghastly cracks in my lack of tennis knowledge. Chad, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. So here you have a novice me who finds tennis kind of exciting, but rarely, if ever, do I really understand what I'm watching. Enlighten me a little bit. Tell me some of the intricacies of this game that's a little bit deeper than just two guys hitting the ball back and forth. Yeah, I mean, obviously, tennis, you're hitting the ball back and forth, but when you get into it, it's tennis is more mental than anything because, I mean, you're out battling an opponent, but you're playing against yourself and you're playing against him at the same time. So you have to keep in mind, like, to make sure to stay positive, not get down on yourself, because if you show these emotions, it'll show the opponent that that you're down and he'll he'll take advantage of that. Kind of like a, a shark smelling blood in the water a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is it about the sport that it it ebbs and flows in America? It seems like when Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi were a couple of the top dogs in men's tennis, it seemed like there was a much higher level of popularity. Uh, the Williams sisters have dominated women's tennis for so long that it seems like it's almost old hat at a certain point. Is there is there just something some spark missing? Uh, Popular, popularity-wise in America that people have a hard time really getting into tennis? Yeah, I think uh, ultimately, like, the main sports, football, baseball, basketball, we've grown up with all that, so tennis is hard to get into, but and in other countries, the main sports are soccer and tennis and rugby, and we have foreigners on the team now that they say that tennis is way bigger there, everyone's playing, but in America, like, in high school, not many people were playing compared to all the other big sports. Is there an access aspect to that where it's harder to get into tennis because you have to find a court, you have to be able to get a racket, you have to have right. balls, you have to do th – it's more than just like a basketball where you have to have a, a hoop and a ball. Yeah, there is a lot more that goes into it. Um, it's hard to find people to – when you're younger, it's harder to – you have to like – get private lessons basically to learn how to play tennis so that can be expensive and so it's a harder sport to get into than being like at a high school team just going playing practicing with a whole team what makes tennis players unique and different from other athletes um the main thing that is different i would say is you're not on a i mean you are on a team but when you get out there playing you're playing by yourself on your court for one individual point and i guess golf is about the only other sport that does that. And so it's hard out there when you're just by yourself trying to get a point for the whole team ultimately. Athletically, what is what are the demands on tennis that people don't really think about or understand because it's it's a very fast-paced game, but there's there's a strength aspect that I think often goes unnoticed. Yeah, um it's different than like say football like our strength we're not trying to get strong to where we can push people out of the way but tennis is like super explosive sport so we have to be able to change directions very quickly and it's also a three set match is a lot harder than most people think when you're playing at this level so if you're out there for three and a half three hours playing high level tennis then you can really start cramping and stuff so you have to do a lot of cardio to get into that kind of physical shape how much do you work on technique when it comes to the game or is that something that you have to be blessed with kind of a baseline level of 
Now, technique is, I mean, I'm always working at technique, but most of the technique is learned when at the beginning stages of tennis, and then you kind of just develop the technique and keep working on that as you go on. You talked about it a little bit, the team individual dynamic. Is there a sacrifice that goes into your individual accomplishments that in what remains a team sport? Oh, yeah. Um, like, when you're out there playing, you're not thinking about like, if you win your match, you're not, like, thinking about you alone. You're thinking about the whole team. So, like, if you, like for instance, if the team loses the match, but you got your win, but not enough people won, I mean, you, you can't even – you don't even really feel that great about it because the team didn't win. There's no real feeling of, well, I got mine. Sorry about you guys. Right. I mean, I guess it depends on the person, but I would say everyone on our team does not think that way. We're always hoping for the team win. When you're on the court, even as an individual – most of the time, the way the courts are set up is you'll have a teammate on one side or the other of you playing at the same time you are. How do you support one another in those moments? Yeah, so the main thing with that is you don't want to be watching. Like our coach tells us, don't watch the other court. But if you win your point on your court, then that's like a good time to like get pumped up, say, come on, let's go, guys, something like that, because it helps other people get pumped up too. Is there a lot of communication from court to court, even just a, a well done to one of your teammates if you happen to hear them uh, get a point? Oh, yeah. it's It gets pretty loud, actually, especially during conference matches. We'll, we'll hear somebody get pumped up, then we'll say something just to try to keep everybody positive and no negative responses. How conscious are you of what's going on on the courts around you? Like, do you – I know you won't know exact scores or anything, but do you have a general idea of Almontis is winning or right. Christian is losing? Yeah, we're not supposed to be watching the courts, but it's pretty it's pretty easy to tell who's how your teammates are doing when you're out there. All right, let's do either or and why. I'm going to give you two choices. You pick one. Tell me why. Federer or Nadal? Nadal. Why? Um, I like his style of play. He's more of a grinder. He sits back and hits a bunch of balls back in play, which I kind of like that aspect of it. Hard court or grass? Uh, hard court, for sure. Go out or stay in at night? You go out and socialize or you kind of stay in oh, instead? go out. Uh, flight or fight? If you're in a situation where you're in trouble – do you fight through it, or do you run away from it? I guess it depends the situation. If it's a bad situation, I'll probably stay away and not get involved. <laughs> okay. French Open or Wimbledon? Wimbledon. Faith or hope? Faith. Lucky or good? Good. Drake or Kanye? <laughs> Drake. Arrogance or modesty? modesty. Working together, Tenova Healthcare brings quality, innovative healthcare to your community with comprehensive medical services and an experienced team of physicians and caregivers. Tenova Healthcare encompasses 10 hospitals and numerous healthcare service facilities. Offering a range of medical services and procedures to patients in the state, Tenova Healthcare brings quality healthcare to a community near you with comprehensive services and an experienced team of physicians and caregivers. Please visit tenova.com, that's T-E-N-N-O-V-A.com for more information. You've got a melting pot of cultures in tennis. you got teammates from Sweden, Germany, Indonesia, and Lithuania. Do you guys 
blend those cultures together to assimilate into a team? Yeah, um, it's not too bad, actually, because they have been speaking English for probably eight or more years in their home countries. So they come to America, and they already know English. They just don't really know the culture. But, I mean, we have a few Americans on the team, and then the foreigners that have been here before, it's pretty easy for them to settle in and socialize with us. Is there – do you also take – parts and aspects of Swedish culture, German culture, and try to incorporate it into your daily lives to, to make them a little more comfortable? Yeah, it, it gets kind of hard because it's, I mean, you have to learn more about it, but mostly they they try to get more into the American culture, I guess. <laughs> Singles or doubles, what do you like better? I like doubles better. What's up? Um, well, the main thing is you're, you have a partner out there with you so and getting a win with and it's more intense in doubles it's only six games but when there's not a better feeling in the world when everyone's watching your doubles match and it comes down to y'all you're the final match and then you win and everybody's real excited tennis is one of the few sports i can think of where the men's and women's teams are often traveling together practicing around one another it it's almost like a big co-ed team in many respects what is that like for you guys? Because it's unique in college athletics, and I'm sure it offers its share of pros and cons. Yeah, the we don't really practice together usually. We do practice the same time, but we're never hitting early together. But I guess it's the good thing about it is like when we're running in the morning, it having more people out there supporting each other because it's pretty hard to run that early in the morning. So when you have out more people out there supporting you, it's better. And it matches. Is it kind of the same thing as soon as you guys – are off or they're off, it's turning right around and supporting the other. Right, yeah, we support each other when we're playing. How has college athletics helped shape you as a person? Is it opening kind of doors for you that you may not have gotten into otherwise? Yeah, I think being a student athlete shows a lot of responsibility because, I mean, you have to go to class, wake up and go to weights or run, go to practice, play your matches, all while being in school at the same time. So it shows that student athletes have a lot of responsibility, which looks good. All right, close the same way I always close with the uh, Prowse questionnaire. It's short, 15 questions. Uh, start off with what I think is an easy one, but has never been for anybody so far. What is your favorite word? Hmm. How is that everybody's reaction to that question? That's, that's the softest softball I feel like I can toss. Um, my favorite word... Maybe confidence. What is your least favorite word? Failure. Who or what inspires you? Um, I would say my teammates inspire me, my parents inspire me, and my coach. Lots of inspirations. That's good. What is the last book you read for fun? <laughs> um... remember the name of it you remember what it was about must have been a great one <laughs> what is your worst habit uh i guess my worst habit would be sometimes i get kind of shy around people what is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in uh probably the most terrifying situation i've ever been in was 
uh, my freshman year. It was like the first semester I came to college, and we were on the indoor courts, and I, I had my water bottle. I was just squirting water on the court, but I didn't realize that water inside would stain the courts. I thought it would just dry like on the outdoor courts, and woke up the next morning for morning running, and there was water on the court, and the coaches were pretty mad, and I had to go talk to coach about it. <laughs> what is your idea of happiness? Uh, just, I mean, really, just nothing really bad going on in your life. Everything running smoothly. What is your idea of misery? Probably being, being out of a job or without, like, not being able to go to school. What makes you self-conscious? Maybe being kind of like an awkward person sometimes. <laughs> what is the most embarrassing song you've ever purchased? Uh, probably Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> How would you prefer to die? Probably while I'm sleeping. <laughs> if you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as? A Maybe an elk. An elk? Mm. Why an elk? I don't know. I just really like elk. I've been to Colorado and seen him, and it was pretty cool. What might prompt you to lie? Uh, maybe my coach asking me what I did one night or something. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you hopeful? I'm not sure. That's not great. Or what, what do you mean, hopeful? Like Just what? in general about life. Uh, having a good education. What is our purpose in life? To do something good for yourself, for the community, and for, the, for your friends around you. You're a junior, right? I'm a senior. Oh, you're a senior. Mm -hmm. um, so what's next for you after this? This is kind of your last ride around the sun. Yeah, I'm I'm graduating next semester. I'm moving back to Chattanooga, and I'm probably going to start working with my dad. What's he do? He owns an electrical supply company in Chattanooga. Nice. Good for you. Uh, any other ambitions, plugs? I know tennis is right around the corner once we get back from the – Christmas break, it'll be here really, really mm -hmm. soon. Are you excited for the upcoming season? Yeah, I'm excited. It's my last one. I'm going to work hard and go out strong. All right. Looking forward to seeing it. Chad Woodham of the men's tennis team, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. start of OVC play in basketball with the hosting of two doubleheaders against Eastern Kentucky and Moorhead State this weekend. Chances are pretty good that Thursday's games will be finished by the time you listen to this. On the men's side, keep an eye on the Terry Taylor versus Nick Mayo matchup Thursday evening. 
two all OVC guys going right at one another should make for an exciting contest here in the Dunn Center to open up uh, the 2019 OVC season. EKU got some shades of the 2016 Govs. Uh, one guy, a star in Mayo, who's never been to the OVC tournament, similar to how Chris Horton had never been to the tournament prior to winning it for the Govs in 2016. Saturday pits Austin P against a 4-9 Moorhead State team whose best win this season is probably against a slightly above 500 IUPUI outfit that beat a decent Boston College team on neutral court. So maybe that's going to be a slugfest. Moorhead State's usually a pretty physical team, uh, but the Govs, I don't want to get too far over the skis here, but should have more talent, do have more talent, are more talented. I don't, I don't want to be locker room uh, message board fodder, but, you know, I think we're more talented. Call me crazy. The women's team finally back from a lengthy layoff. Do you think they still remember how to play basketball at this point? Well, I hope so, and that goes the same for their first opponent in Eastern Kentucky because they haven't played since the 18th as well. So both teams coming off very lengthy layoffs. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, if you take a look at their schedule, they're 2-9, and nine, and both wins have come up against NAIA opposition which, you know, might not be as strong as NCAA Division One basketball, but... Might not. <laughs> Eric, you, you want to double down on that, that NCAA above NAI? Yeah, for basketball, I'd say I'd say definitively probably NCAA. But, yeah, <laughs> coming from an NCAA uh, NAIA soccer school, you know, I wanted to give, uh, give, give all the... Give the benefit of yeah, exactly. the um, And a lot of their losses have come against teams that played postseason basketball, but those losses most of the time... They got blown out. So if you look on paper, Austin P I I think, is a favorite to beat Eastern Kentucky. Uh, the Moorhead game Saturday, Moorhead's had a good start to their season. Um, they've played a couple good teams close, even in losses. Um, so that game on paper should be more of a challenge for the Govs, but they need to come out and hopefully get a 1-0 start against Eastern Kentucky on Thursday. Uh, good start's always something to build on. Additionally, track and field back in action this weekend at the Ed Temple Classic in Nashville. Always weird how the Christmas holiday season interrupts the indoor track session. We in Nope, I can't talk very well. That's how I tried to say that. Will be interesting to see who has kept their pre-Christmas pace and who needs to build back up with about seven weeks until the OVC Indoor Championships. And we finally have a fall semester AP Govs Cup update. Um, I'm sure all of the standout student athletes who were busy during the fall with all of the manners of community service, classroom accolades, and of course championship admissions are dying to find out what the standings are after 2018. And your top three to the fall semester, we can confirm third place, track and field, second place, softball, and gunning for a title defense, the Austin P volleyball team. They currently lead the AP Govs Cup standings. But still a lot of time, a lot of opportunity this spring to do some charity work, uh, to succeed in your particular field, to do well in the classroom, and climb these AP Gov Cup standings. Uh, once you get back, obviously, Haley Jacoby, Ryan Combs, everybody over in academic services will have your community service opportunities lined up. In the meantime, get in touch, stay in touch with us via web and social media. I forgot what your name was. <laughs> Someone is attempting to break into our studio. They've now succeeded. Hey. No, you're good. It's cool. <laughs> Where were we at? 
I don't remember. I think you <laughs> I think you're right. Get in touch and that stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Uh in the meantime, get in touch, stay in touch via web and social media. Dylan, where do people go on social media to find the govs? You can find us at Let's Go P on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. As you can also follow each individual sports team we have here at Austin P on Twitter with their respective team handle. Shout out to Taylor Wiseman in Video Services and Tyler Davis Digital Media. Going back to basketball season now, they'll be doing uh, a lot of tremendous work coming up here in the next couple of months to get some good content out uh, on, on social media. Let's go P.com for dates, news, stories. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stefan Olay, and myself working hard over there. Uh, like you said, everybody getting cranked back up after the holiday season, starting to push out content at Let's go P.com and all over social media. And for tickets, Ticket Gurus, Katie Locke, and Sydney Hooper, they have you covered. And it is now conference season for basketball, as we have said multiple times throughout this podcast. So there is no excuse to not have your tickets. Go get your tickets because we need you in the Dunn Center to help defend the Dunn for each men's and women's basketball teams here in the conference season. Not to sound like Champ Con, but I'm a wreck without you, and I think that when all this is over, we should get an apartment together. <laughs> That's what I wrote on the script for Dylan to say as a, as a plea to everyone to, to get your tickets for basketball season, but he chickened out. <laughs> Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. Want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Convince Dylan of Tom Brady's mortality. <laughs> Email us at schwartzd at apsu.edu or wilsonrc at apsu.edu. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Started when my baby didn't need me. I punched my fist through the TV. 